All views expressed on the Open Book Partnership Graduate Podcast are personal, and nothing within it should be construed as advice or a recommendation. Hello and welcome to the Open Work Partnership Graduate Podcast. My name is Nada Darbani and I'll be your host today. In this episode, we'll be continuing our discussion that we had in our previous episode on diversity and inclusion in the financial services industry. And to reintroduce our guests, we have our usual guest, Adam Chopta, along with Liz Field, CEO of PIMFA, Robin Allen, Director and Financial Advisor of Robin Allen Solutions, and Sarah Mason, Inclusion and Engagement Manager here at the Open Work Partnership. In the previous episode, we discussed our views on diversity and inclusion in the financial services industry and what has changed in recent years. And to continue this discussion, Sarah, could you let me know what the Open Work Partnership are currently doing to promote diversity and inclusion? Well, how long have you got? So <laughs> so we have recently launched our diversity, well-being and inclusion strategy. So what we felt was um, rather than just talking the talk, it's about walking the walk as well. So setting ourselves our big six um, targets, um, making sure that we've got a manifesto that everybody understands our position. So who are we? What do we stand for and why it's important? Um, and, and underneath that, we have a whole range of pillars that we're acting on in terms of making sure that we've got, um, if you like, our, our pillars of change. So we're talking about gender, age and ethnicity focus. But most importantly, and I think probably, Liz, you'd, you'd have an idea about this as well. Um, gathering data from colleagues is probably the most important thing that we're doing right now. So we've got an initiative called Count Yourself In. Very shortly, we're going to be launching that over the next couple of weeks. And we're encouraging colleagues to share their diversity data with us in our HR system. Because at the moment, we've got a fair idea of the makeup of the Open Work Partnership. We don't actually know what that looks like because we haven't captured all of that data before. We've got some of it but not all of it. So it's about understanding uh, not just age, not just gender, um, but LGBTQI plus status, if people are happy to share that, religious um, and ethnic backgrounds. So getting that really wide ranging, meaty picture of what we look like, because that really helps us understand what we need to focus on going forward. So yeah, very big strategy. How important would you say these quotas are to promoting diversity and inclusion? Well, I would say that this isn't a quota. For me, a quota is almost something that you just have to meet. For me, this is more about an understanding of who we are. So, yeah, I, I think that there's very much, an, and Liz, I know, I think you, we've talked about this before, that you have an opinion on levelling up um, and what we're doing in order to get maybe more females into the industry. But this is more about first first step, understand who we are. Second step, once we do that, understand what our initiatives need to be based on that information. Yeah, I would I would agree that, um, I mean, I, I, a, I don't like the, the idea of quotas and there's a huge debate about that anyway, of course, but um, particularly, uh, you know, women on boat, on boards, you know, I think it's about aspirations. You know, what are, what are our aims and aspirations here? But you're absolutely right, Sarah. If we don't know our starting point, how do we know where we're aiming? Um, and, and the fact that you are you are gathering that data is really important. I um, mean, we're, we're just about to send out a questionnaire 
to firms to ask, what data have you got? Because we don't know what the industry looks like. I mean, I can take a guess just by, you know, going to a conference and comparing it to what a conference looked like five years ago. But that doesn't really tell me. So we're, we're going to be sending out um, an industry-wide questionnaire actually probably is a bit of a dummy run to what the regulator is now saying that they intend to do, which is to ask for data. Um, and part of the, the consultation is what, what data should we be asking for or not? And we've got a talent DNI um, committee, which Open Work Partnership sits on. Um, and we've agonized over the, this questionnaire that we're, we're sending out because we know that firms don't have the data and that some firms are going to find it really difficult to um, even ask for the data. And a lot of that, of course, then is about is about the culture of the organization. Do I feel comfortable in telling this firm something about me? And, you know, how are you going to use it? And do I trust you with that data? That's going to be a big um, a, you know, a big, big part, but it's a, you know, it's a very important step forward because um, we're going to be required to, I think, in the future. Well, I was just going to say, I can't wait to see that data because I'm really curious, having spoken to various people over the years, about how many female-led or female-owned firms there are out there. I mean, I, I'm rare. I'm a female-owned protection-only firm. Like protection only is rare in itself, let alone female led. So I just want I just want some friends. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it is it is it's it's such a I, I mean I've been to conferences and I've stood in the room and I've I've done head counts and sort of seen the percentages of male versus females in the room. I've also done percentages of, right, how many protection-only firms out there? Because if we're talking diversity and inclusion, we should also talk about things like that within financial services. Why aren't there more protection-only firms when it is such an important product to be discussed um, on its own? So, I mean, it, it goes into all walks and all sort of streams, doesn't it, really, diversity and inclusion, because there needs to be more of us. It really does, but I think... We you know, when we talk about gathering the data, I think where this all starts is with trust. This has to, you have to be an organization that has a culture where people believe that why you you want that data is for the right reasons, you know, and, and that's so key to what we've been doing in terms of our culture. And so, you know, it's been a build up to where we are now is, is, you know, making sure that people understand that we care about this and it's not a tick box exercise actually are here to inform and educate and get better having been someone on the end of those surveys now if you sent me one that said we want to understand who's working for us we're using this for positivity and everything like that yes but back in the day when we got these surveys and it had an option to don't put the information in everyone just went no 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 because they didn't know where how their information was going to be used and they in a way didn't want it used against them because they didn't trust whoever was asking the question. I was just going to say on Liz's point about quotas when she said she doesn't agree with it. I don't either, because for me, this is just a thought. It'd be interesting to see what you guys think. Um, I've studied hard at university, you know, I've, to get my qualifications, to break into the industry. And when I'm competing against other people, diversity is really important. But I don't want to be selected just because on an application form, I've ticked the box that I'm brown and I'm Muslim and... I come from an Asian background. I want to be selected because 
I'm better than everyone else if I am. And um, yeah, I'd just be interested to see what you guys think about that because that's for me is important. I don't want to be selected just to fail the numbers, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I totally agree. And, you know, and from from my perspective, you know, white European female, you know, I don't want to be, you know, this tick box. Oh, yeah, I need somebody on a board or whatever. Um, yeah, you know, there you go. You 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 kind of you've got a shoe in. Um, but but I think, you know, in in conversations that I've had with, um, you know, many CEOs about this subject, they're, they're actually all of the same view, it, which is that view, Adam, that it's, you know, it's, for, it's the best person for the job. The challenge that we have is that how many people actually know about our industry to apply for it? Are we talking about our, our roles and our jobs in, in diverse ways? Are we getting to different people to promote what a great sector this is and the value that we bring to individuals? The more we do that, the more we widen our pool, um, and, and then, and then we'll get diversity by default, you know, with regardless of having to, you know, having to say, right, well, this is what I want in the makeup of my, of my, um, interviewees and kind of giving pressure to recruitment companies. This is what I want to see in front of me. Employers have to own that too. And I think that's just about us broadening our thinking. And I would certainly look to you, you put your hand up, Adam. I would certainly look to you and to Nada, you know, to be talking to, you know, all of your friends. Um, and more broadly, at whatever network you could get to, to say, look, I'm a young person. I work for the Open Work Partnership. This is what we do. This is what the industry looks like. This is the value that we bring. Um, and you should consider joining um, this industry because it's a great industry to be in. And I think that's something that we're really trying to push with the podcast. And that's why we decided to start something like this so we can really get the message across to people our age. Um, one point I was going to make, I don't know if it's the same for another, but for example, at my university, in my course, I did economics and finance. I can probably count on one hand how many females there were in my course. And I think that's something that needs to start from that level at university where we're spreading the message there, not just once you've graduated. Because if you don't spread the message there, it's, it's, you know people are not going to get those qualifications in the first place to actually break through. Um, I don't know how it was for you, Nada, but that's how it was at my university. My university had quite an even split, but I would say it was more that if I'm looking at who actually went into finance after studying economics, mostly it was the guys who kind of started applying and went straight into finance. And I feel like it's mainly about opening, giving everyone the same opportunity. And that's the main thing for everyone in university to kind of be like, okay, actually, yeah, I do want to go into finance. But for example, loads of people I'd spoke to during my time at university, they had said, the girls especially had said, it's a bit of an intimidating industry to join. So I feel like breaking that stereotype of the industry is really important to actually get more people into the industry. Exactly. And it's how it's represented. It's how it's spoken about. I mean, I've done a few times over the years where I've gone and spoken to young adults. Um, we're probably talking about 15 and up. And every time I stood at the front of the room and got, they know I'm coming to talk about money. And I've gone, what do you think I do for a living? And they've gone, hairdresser tattoo artist personal trainer and I'm like no insurance because it doesn't have to look how they think but it also needs to feel accessible these jobs 
and also there there is a culture not just in financial services where even to this day I will get comments from family members about oh don't be too ambitious oh don't 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 think too high <laughs> no absolutely not not gonna listen um but that's a society issue but we have to be out there it's why I I love the fact I spend so much time on TikTok and I love the fact that I am showing people that insurance doesn't have to be in this little box that they think it fits in it is so much more and people behind it actually can have a personality because i think at times financial services comes across as a little bit wah, wah. i think that's why it's also really important for when people are coming into universities or speaking to the younger generation it's important for there for there to be speakers that students can relate to because otherwise you find it difficult to see yourself in someone else's place if you can't necessarily relate to them so I can still just about pass for a student I genuinely would love to do a road show around all of these universities just to just to encourage people to think differently about our industry and understand that you know one of the things we've that one of what we're talking about a lot this year is about think smart think change and I don't think you can think smart or think change if you all think the same. You know, so, you know, one of the key things is about getting young, fresh minds to come in and be confident to have new ideas, to be able to speak up. You know, we want all of our colleagues to do that all the time. But I think it's very important when young people are coming into the industry, especially at graduate level, you've spent three years learning. You've got all of this really great knowledge. So, you know, we want people to come in and use it. You know, so and I think, again, that's that's key to us not being intimidating. And I think sometimes it feels like a mountain to climb. Yeah, I've I've just taken someone on through the kickstart scheme. Fantastic oh, scheme. If people haven't used it yet um, yes. to come and help me with my digital content. And I said to him when he started, I said, I want to see things through your eyes. If you look at a statistic and think it's interesting, then that's what we post about. Because he's looking at it through the eyes of a 19 year old and he was reading some things about income protection. I think it was legal in general's uh, deadline to breadline. And he was like, oh, yeah. why don't people have this? And I went, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. So that's it. He's like, right, in, income protection, when you talk about that, I was like, okay, there we go. And that's what I want to know. I want to see what these people think when they see the statistics because it's giving me a real insight into what we need to be saying and talking about for certain periods of life. And I, I just love seeing things through his eyes. I, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. But again, there were some people who will look at schemes like that, probably like they used to look at apprenticeships back in yeah. the day and it's no it's, it's a person I have a person in my office who is gaining confidence week on week who is learning skills they'd have never had the chance to learn without it so it, it's so much fun to watch I'm having the best time ever and I think Liz so you've done a lot of work with the brokerage um, yes. and again it's about looking at um, if we're looking at diversity and inclusion it's about Different areas of um, learning may not mean that you're precluded from coming into the open work partnership. So we've got you guys. So we've got you brilliant, you, you graduates. We've got a new graduate scheme starting again shortly. But there's also 
the other kind of people who might go, I, I didn't get to university, but I really want to do this. I got yet. Yeah, likewise, I I haven't got a degree, but it's about if they've got the passion, you know, they've got the smarts. But how do we bring them into the industry and go? It's okay. You don't have to be one thing. And I know the work you did, Liz, sort of really spoke to that. It will absolutely showcase that. And, you know, Open Work Partnership and and a couple of other firms were involved in that. And it was, you know, kind of giving, you know, in fact, in a way, doing it by Zoom helped. It was obviously going to be face to face, but we, we, we got more attendance and it was easier in a way um, because, you know, it, as you said earlier, you know, Robin, about not feeling you've got to dress up and you can kind of just be yourself on screen. Um, and and I, I would probably say that more than half of the the people who spoke about their jobs um, from the industry had not got a degree. Um, I mean, these were all, you know, women, women aged under 30, and it was aimed at girls. We, the, the objective was we want to encourage girls to think about coming into the industry. Um, and this is the different types of jobs that you could you could do um, and that you didn't need. And if you did go to university, you didn't need um, a maths degree in order to do so or a business or economics degree in order to do so. Um, and it was fascinating, you know, to see the response then from, you know, the, the girls who attended and the feedback that we got was like, actually, that's been really helpful. I'd not a considered this industry, B didn't know about it, but actually, so you don't need a maths degree in order to do this. It's about people. It's about relationships. Actually, you know, where can I sign kind of thing? So I'm just at the moment talking to the brokerage about what we, what else we can do. Um, we have just started a, a school leaver. We've just launched a school leaver program initiative with um, the CISI. So one of the professional institutes. Um, and that will, you know, take school leavers, give them um, some skills, give them CV writing and, and what have you, um, get them onto introductory qualifications as a precursor to them then coming into um, work placements in their second and third year. Um, and that, I mean, we've uh, we've nearly reached our quota on employers who want to participate in that. So, as I was saying earlier about the response now to firms on these kind of things, you know, it's uh, it's overwhelmingly supportive, um, which is fantastic to see. And just as a final question, what would you say that it would be possible for there to be full diversity and inclusion in the financial services industry? And what in particular can the younger generation do to kind of push this and promote this? I don't think we'll have a choice, um, Nada. I really don't think we have a choice. I mean, for a start, I think young people are going to drive it. I think customers are going to drive it. Um, and certainly I would say, you know, to you and and young people in the industry and people coming into the industry is is to ask the questions and keep asking questions even when and keep talking about it. So what you were saying earlier, um, Adam, about, you know, um, you know, having the conversation. I think that that's really important to have the conversation and and, and employers will need to create the space to have the conversations. Um, and I know that, you know, language is difficult and and it can be difficult in this in this area. Um, it really can, because you don't want to say the wrong thing. You really don't want to offend people. But it is about learning. It is about understanding. So I, I think we, we haven't got a choice. We've got to be. But 
you know, let's just look at the mood music from the regulator. I also don't think we're going to have a choice from a regulatory point of view either. So you've got all of these drivers um, that, uh, you know, but society as a whole has changed and will continue to change. So I would say, you know, things are looking um, much, much more positive uh, in that respect. I think as well, um, so the census was carried out earlier this year. And we haven't seen the data from the census yet, but I have a feeling that it will show us that our populations are changing in terms of their makeup. Um, and again, like I've said before, we don't like very much like Liz said, it's our society is going to change. It will change. It has to. Firstly, because um, we are more diverse than we've ever been as a society. But you guys, when you come into our industry now, will ask those questions. You'll ask the questions and talk about the things that we didn't even think about asking five or ten years ago. So what do you do about social responsibility? You know, what is your sustainability policy? You know, there's a raft of questions now that you ask that, you know, put us on the spot to make sure that we are doing the right thing. And I think, yeah, it absolutely will change. And what we need to do is listen to that and and act on it. I think that's the key thing. It's about acting on it. Yeah. And and for me personally, it's I want to lead by example. Absolutely. Because if we don't lead and set that example, the next generation aren't going to have the capacity, the ability or the room to be able to continue that growth. And like Sarah was saying, I want to say open minded. I want to be challenged because without being challenged, I won't get outside of my comfort zone and push that bit further. So as long as I stay open to that, I would hope that others will as well and make that commitment to facilitate these changes that have to happen like this was saying they have to and just to say my point i think as someone that's now in the industry i think it's just as important to continue to keep speaking about it and like the podcast today keep saying stuff and spread the message to people still at university your brothers sisters anyone else just keep talking about it with your families and everywhere else because you don't know who else is going to speak about it and um hopefully um we can get there sooner rather than later well we're all going on a university tour with sarah because she's had that idea now so we all want to go yeah on the road yeah we're, we're going to get a tour bus yeah tour bus with it all on the side Liz, you come in yeah sure count me in if they want to hear from somebody that that has been in the industry the old codger that i feel sometimes but yeah bring it on <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you, guys. That's been a great discussion. And for all of our listeners, I hope you really enjoyed this episode of the podcast and we look forward to seeing you in the next one. All views expressed in the Open Book Partnership Graduate Podcast are personal and nothing within it should be construed as advice or recommendation.